Welcome back to a brand new week here at Raise the Apple. We have a lot to discuss about the New York Mets in today's episode. Let's dive right into it, starting with, well, where, where should we start? The last four, the first four games out of the All-Star break have been probably the most roller coaster Mets we have definitely seen excuse me this year probably in a while they lose the first game out of the break against the Pirates the second game they blow a 6-0 lead then on Sunday they were down 6-0 you had a disaster of a play which we'll talk about in a minute that resulted in Luis Rojas getting suspended for two days. Then you came back being down 6 nothing in that one to win that one. And then last night was the Great American Bandbox, as Gary Cohen called it, and you won 15-11 when you blew three different leads. I don't really know what to make of all that. So let's start with the uh, blowing the six-run lead. You had Lugo and Edwin Diaz absolutely imploded on Saturday. Uh, That was just a sucky loss. That was honestly the worst loss of the year. You had Jacob Stallings, a Pirates catcher, with a walk-off grand slam. Everyone thought it was a fly-out to end the game. Everyone thought Diaz was out of it. And it turns out, it ball just kept carrying and carrying and carrying and was gone for a walk-off grand slam. That was, without a doubt, the worst loss of the year. If I could compare it to a worse loss in recent memory, I would compare it to the 2015 season. You had, uh, it was just around the time of the Wilmer Flores stuff. You had Justin Upton hit a go-ahead homer off of Familia after two rain delays against the Padres. And that was like the low point of the 2015 season before they took off to go to the World Series. That's what this loss kind of felt like. you. The Mets were in first place for the longest they've ever been in first place since 07. They had all the optimism going into the break. They had J.D. Davis coming back as soon as they were out of the break. And they lose the first game, all right, and then they blow a six-run lead in the second game of their series with the Pirates. Horrible night, to say the least. And then you had Sunday which was an absolute disaster. It was just both... If you look at both of the times that Taiwan Walker has had horrible outings, it was Sunday, and then it was back in beginning of May, was it? When he faced off against the Cubs, when he got ejected on it, when uh, Rojas took him out. Those two times that... Those are the only two times this year, in my opinion, that Walker has not been good. And he would probably be right there agreeing. But both of those times, what hurt him was he could not find the strike zone. The first time, he got the umpire. The umpire got in his head a little bit. This time, he couldn't find the strike zone. And then there was the play that I watched. I've kept watching, and I'm still trying to figure out what on earth happened during that play. So the Pirates had bases loaded. I forget who was up to hit. Hits a little dinker 
down the third base line. Ball's foul, 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 foul. At the very last moment, right when Taiwan Walker goes to scoop the ball out of play, so it would be a foul ball, to touch it in foul territory, so it would be a foul ball, right when he goes, his glove makes contact with the ball, the ball barely, by the smallest of margins, makes contact with the line. By rule, that is a fair ball. At first glance, I thought it was foul. I was livid, screaming at my TV, and then I watched it on replay, and was like, okay, that was the most Mets thing ever. The whole play was the most Mets thing ever. You had Walker then, after it was called a fair ball, arguing with the umpire, but the ball is still in play. So the Pirates' third base coach, send them, keep sending them, keep sending them. They score three runs on the play before Walker finally decides to go get the ball. Three runs score. The Pirates, at that point, it was, was it tied? It was tied 3-3 at that point. Now it was 6-3. Taiwan Walker, the play's over, arguing with the umpire. Then Louis Rojas has was more livid than we have ever seen him. Gets right in the face of the ump. He's tossed and suspended two games for excessive arguing. The whole purpose... I don't under I don't know why it was labeled excessive arguing. There was a little contact with Rojas and the ump, which is why I think he got suspended. Which is they should have labeled that as he was suspended because he made contact with the umpire while arguing. You're allowed to argue without getting suspended. You're not allowed to touch the umpires. Rojas got a little too close, I will agree. He did get a little too in there and made a lot of contact with the umpire, which warranted a suspension. Makes sense. Walker then gets taken out, and the Mets come back and win that game. They get, it was 7 and 2 thirds or 8 and 2 thirds or something like that, shutout innings from their bullpen. Their bullpen stepped up tremendously. And it was just, you had that, and then the day before, you had the benches clearing with Stroman and Nagowski of the Pirates, where you had Drew Smith calling him a clown, Nagowski a clown. Stroman was getting fired up. Nagowski didn't like that, I guess. And Stroman was like, well, what are you talking crap for? And they go at it. And it was a wild, wild series in Pittsburgh. And then their NL Central battle continues. They went to Cincinnati yesterday. Jared Eikhoff only gave up two runs. The score or the stat line says seven, but only two of those runs were earned because his defense failed him. His defense failed tremendously yesterday. Luis Guillorme made two errors, butchered two balls, and both times tried saving them by like whacking at him with his hand, which I don't know what he was trying to do there. Then they were down. They bust out McNeil Alonso back-to-back homers. It's 3 nothing. Then the Reds come back and tie it. Then it's next thing you know, it's 7-3 Reds. Then next thing you know, it's uh, 7-7. It's a tie game. Then the Reds take the lead. Then James McCann comes up, gives a go-ahead pinch hit homer to put the Mets in front 9-8 or 8-7 or whatever it was. They're up by one going into the bottom of the ninth. Diaz comes in again. Jesse Winker doubles, tie game. Three straight blown saves for Diaz. We get a tie game, we're going to extras. Mets take the lead. Mets bullpen, coughs it up. 
tie game again. All right, we're going to play 11. Kevin Pillar and Conforto say enough's enough. They each homer to put the Mets up 15-11, and that would finally, finally end last night's game. Last night's game was one of the most roller coaster games I've ever seen. The defense started out horrible. The bullpen calmed things down. Everyone started out guns a-blazing. It's been a wild first four games for the Mets out of the All-Star break. They lose the season series to the Pirates. They almost got swept by one of the worst teams in baseball, which would have been horrible. You have Rojas getting suspended for two games. Then you, on top of that, you add Jacob DeGrom is now on the IL with a forearm or with forearm tightness in his right arm. He said that all his other injuries have been related to swinging the bat. This one is not related to swinging the bat. He is not allowed to throw until his forearm does not hurt anymore. And then the biggest blow of all is Francisco Lindor has an oblique strain. He's on the 10-day IL. Depending on how bad it is, Lindor could be out at least a month or more. Depending on how bad it's strained. First of all, for the Lindor haters, where were you last night when that was going on? Second, it is a huge blow not only because you lose Lindor in the field and offensively, but him not being with the team is a huge blow from a leadership standpoint. I know he's like traveling with the team, but Lindor actually being out there with them makes a whole world of difference. It's like having another David Wright out there. And for at least a month, we probably won't have him, which is awful. Same with Jake, because you don't know how long the soreness on Jake's arm is going to be there. Another huge blow. But there was some bright spot, or uh, some in lighter news, J.D. Davis comes back. He's been raking in his first four games back. He says Chris Bryant who. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And then you had uh, Carlos Carrasco is making a start today for AAA Syracuse. He's expected to go three or four innings. And then his next start, or in five days from now, the question will be, do the Mets bring up Carrasco and start stretching him out with the Mets? Or do they give him another start or two in AAA Syracuse to lengthen him a little more before they bring him up? I'm personally a fan of bringing him up after today and stretching him out that way like they're trying to do with Lugo. Maybe have his starts go three or four innings and then you go to maybe a Sean Reed Foley for a majority of the game and then you know, the guys in the bullpen the rest of the way. Cookie, it will be a nice boost to this rotation, but they need Jake back. If Cook, When Cookie comes back, you're going to have Jake, Taiwan Walker, Stroman. I know he struggled of late, but we know what Stroman can do. Cookie, the fifth starter spot's up in the air with David Peterson's injury still being a problematic, so you're probably going to have Jared Eikhoff in there. Robert Stock starts tonight. You could go with an opener scheme. The Mets do have a lot of options, but very limited options. Syndergaard's not going to be back till September. The Mets need to make an acquisition for a starter. So this is what this is where we're going to talk about, first of all, with J.D. Davis. We'll talk about third base, then we'll talk about the rotation. Third Bullpen's fine. You don't need to make any acquisitions in the bullpen. 
anyone saying, oh, you need uh, to a new closer, Diaz can't do it, no. Diaz is fine. It's just a hiccup in the road. I'm not worried about it. Offensively, this team is fine. 15 runs last night. They had seven the day before. They're starting to pick things up offensively. It's, it takes them a couple innings to get going, but they're getting going. Third base and the starting staff is the big question mark. Third base, you have, right now, three options. J.D. Davis, Luis Guillorme, and Jonathan Villar. Guillorme is probably going to be getting a lot of time at short because of uh, Lindor's injury. So then at third, you're going to have J.D. and VR. Personally, I like J.D. Davis at third and then platoon VR, like full-time, and then platoon VR and Guillaume at short. VR has experience at short. He's more than capable of doing it. He's, he's too much of a presence in the lineup to not have him in there. But so is Guillaume, and so is J.D. Davis. J.D. Davis, yeah, his defense is maybe his weak point, but his bat is too good to keep out of the lineup. So then you have the question of, what will the Mets do at the deadline? Chris Bryant's name has probably been the most brought-up name with the Mets. Buster Only of ESPN brought up uh, Javi Baez, who I hope the Mets have a brain to... I'd rather 100% have Chris Bryant than Javi Baez. Why? Chris Bryant is way more versatile. Also, Chris Bryant's bat, I feel, is better. Javi Baez is way too streaky of a hitter. He's going to clobber home run day after day, or he's going to strike out 20 times over the span of a week. His bat is too... In, in my opinion, I could be wrong, or people may disagree with me, but I think Javi's bat is too inconsistent. I like Chris Bryant more because he's more consistent. He's more versatile. When Chris Bryant comes back, or if uh, this is assuming the Mets make a trade for Bryant. If the Mets make a trade for Chris Bryant, you have to assume that one of three, J.D. Davis, Luis Guillorme, Jonathan Villar, is going back to the Cubs. Most likely, it's J.D. Davis. Although J.D. Davis said the other day he knows the rumors are out there, he wants to stay in New York, he doesn't want to leave. I, love, I want J.D. Davis to stay. But to get a guy like Chris Bryant, you're going to have to give. And the Mets don't have a ton of farm talent to give up. So unless the Cubs are just completely in sell mode, they're going to probably want prospects, but they're also probably going to want at least one major league ready guy in return, which could be a Guillaume or a VR or a Davis. Again, Davis is probably the most likely of those three to get traded. VR has been way too valuable this year. Guillaume is a defensive wizard. I know he buckled a little last night. But you, J.D. Davis and probably some prospects, or maybe all prospects, maybe if the Cubs would somehow be willing to trade the Mets' Chris Bryant for just prospects, that would be ideal. But the Cubs are going to want Major League talent in return. It's not going to work out that way because then you're going to have too many guys, too many offensive guys that, you're going to have, that Rojas has to play. You're going to have to send someone down or DFA someone, or whatever the case may be. So one of those three is most likely going back if the Mets trade for Chris Bryant. And then and then next year, hopefully the universal DH comes in, you could have Bryant move to left field and maybe have... Uh, you'll have Lindor at short, move Bryant to left field, or keep him at third base permanently. And then you can put... 
You can try and go get another outfielder, or then you can have a platoon of Dom and Pete at first base and DH, have them switch back and forth. You could have J if you could have Bryant playing left and then VR and Guillaume platoon at third if you want to keep VR for the long term. The Mets have a lot of options, but again, they have to make that they would have to make that trade for Bryant. They probably are the favorite to get Chris Bryant. However, I think the Mets need to focus more on the rotation. The pitching has been great this year. They need to continue to capitalize on that. Two names that have been brought up. Luis Castillo of the Reds, Jose Barrios of the Twins. The Reds are back in it in terms of a playoff spot, so I doubt. Uh, so I don't think the Reds are going to part with Castillo, especially what he could potentially provide to them down the stretch. Jose Barrios seems like the most likely candidate. Jeremy Hefner, the Mets pitching coach, has told the Mets front office, if you can, try and make a move for this guy because he's that good. And we know Barrios is that good. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball when he's healthy. The Twins are not going anywhere this year. Much to a surprise of myself included, they have not been good this year. So they're probably going to be willing to part with a guy or two. Barrios is most likely of that group. The Mets could probably get away with trading minor league talent for, or minor higher minor league talent for Barrios. If you trade for Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant is not a rental. Well, he could be a rental, but he you pro, you want him long term. Jose Barrios, maybe he's a rental. We saw. Uh, or maybe you want him long term. You could. He's both. They're both of these guys are both can fall into both of those categories. When you look at the Royals in 2015, they got Cueto as a rental to take him down the stretch. If the Mets can do that with Barrios, if the Mets trade for Barrios, they are saying, in my opinion, they are saying we are trying this year to go for it. And if we do not get it this year then we know exactly where we stand and what we need to address to go and we're going all in on 2022. That's my opinion. If you trade for Chris Bryant, you are saying also we are going all in on this year and see what happens and it's the same thing. We're going all in, see what happens. If we don't win at all, we know exactly what we need to do and we are going all in in 2022. Either way, a big trade is needed for this Mets team a Barrios or Brian I prefer Barrios only because I think the Mets need more help in the starting rotation right now than they do in the field I'm willing to sacrifice a little defense at third with JD Davis to keep his bat in the lineup and then get an extra starter instead I think the rotation cookie comes back you don't know if cookie's going to be his normal self or not you don't know how long Jake's going to be out you hope Strowman can turn it around. David Peterson, you don't know when he's going to come back. Syndergaard's not coming back till September, and you don't know where he's going to stand. Worst case scenario, you could put uh, Syndergaard in the bullpen down the stretch, or Barrios as a long guy in the bullpen, or do a six-man rotation to ease Syndergaard back into it. The Mets would have a lot of options. But personally, I think they should go after Barrios as their top target, and if they can't get Barrios, try and get Chris Bryant. The only problem with either of the, not so much with Barrios, but more so with Bryant, is are you getting these guys to be rentals? Meaning you're going all in on 2021? 
or do you want these guys there long term? Let's say you want, let's do Chris Bryant. It's more likely in terms of long term that the Mets would keep Chris Bryant long term rather than Jose Barrios. So let's say they keep Chris Bryant, they want to keep Chris Bryant long term. Then your question is, well, what do you do about Conforto, Stroman, Syndergaard? Conforto will be a free agent. Stroh accepted the qualifying offer last year. He wants to stay, but you're going to have to pay him. Not not a lot, but you're going to have to pay him a probably a three- or four-year deal. Syndergaard, you, he's going to be free agent. You don't know what you're going to get with that. In a perfect world, you already got Lindor locked up so that you could cross that off the list. You hope In a perfect world, you hope Syndergaard takes a qualifying offer you sign Stroman to a two to four year deal worth however much. I don't know financials, but two to four year deal probably for Stro because he wa- he wants to stay. Mets want him. Mutual interest. I think they can get it done. Then you have Conforto. Conforto's agent is Scott Boris. Why is that important? Because Scott Boris is one of the. He is the guy in baseball in terms of agents. He is the guy. He knows how to get his players money by any means. He's got guys like Harper. He's got Conforto. He's got so many big-name guys that he represents. He's a shark, but that's his job. Whether we love it or hate it, that's his job to do that. So people are going to say, oh, because Boris is his agent, he's going to get more money than he probably deserves especially with the year he's having. Well, if Conforto could continue to heat it up and finish out the rest of the year healthy and strong and have a halfway decent season, I see the Mets keeping him to a probably a four-year deal. Two to four, no, maybe three to five-year deal. I Originally, I thought he was going to get or want Springer money which was what, like the five years 150 or six years 150 or something like that, or 175. I thought that's what Conforto was going to want or get. I see him, I see Conforto getting maybe a three to five year deal, maybe worth a little bit under 100 or maybe around 100. I don't know. I'm not a financial expert by any means. I think the Mets can get it done where they can keep all three of them. I know I've said before they're probably going to have to choose between Stroh and Syndergaard, but with Lindor locked up now and the Mets are willing to go over a little bit over the luxury tax threshold if it means that they are going to win the whole thing that year, I wouldn't put it past Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson and company to get keep all three of those guys and if they trade for Chris Bryant, maybe extend Chris Bryant as well. Uh, that is a lot of money going around. I don't know how that's going to go, but it the trade deadline is, let's see, today is the 20th. The trade deadline is the 30th. Almost a little over, about a week and a half away is the trade deadline. So we're going to, we're, it's, we'll see what the Mets do. I think personally, that they should go after more at rotation help than uh, than Chris Bryant. But I would not complain about Chris Bryant. I don't think the Mets will get Javi Baez or Story. I don't think they're necessary. Because then you got 
well, you trade for Story or Baez. When Lindor comes back, they can go. The other one, Story or Baez, can go to second. But what about McNeil? You gotta keep McNeil in the lineup. Does McNeil go to third? Does McNeil go out to left field? Well, if he goes to third, what happens to VR and Guillaume's playing time, or JD Davis, or what happens to Dom's playing time out in left field? It'll be exciting to watch on the day of the trade deadline. I'm gonna make like videos and put on Twitter. Dissect like a quick minute video dissecting each trade, uh, whether they're Mets related or not. Like all of the trades that are going on, hope the Mets need to make a splash at the deadline. Regardless, hopefully it is in the rotation first before they address any other needs because I think the rotation is the top priority right now, especially with Jake's injury, especially with Stroman's struggles lately. Cookie coming back in the next week or so helps a lot, but again. You can never have too much starting pitching in this game. But that's pretty much it for today's episode of Raise the Apple. We talked about a lot with the Mets. They are up again tonight. Robert Stock against Wade Miley of the Reds should be another good one. If any last night was any indication, this is going to be a great series. And hopefully the Mets can keep them. <clears throat> hopefully they can keep their momentum from the last two days going. Rojas will serve his second game of his suspension tonight. He'll be back tomorrow. David Jouse who pitched to Pete in the Derby, is now the acting manager. He's the bench coach normally. But he's done a great job, and it is going to be an exciting next week and a half for the Mets. Hopefully they make a big splash. Hopefully they can keep the momentum going and keep first place. That lead has shrunk down to, I believe, two and a half games or something like that. So it's getting tight, but I'm not worried. We're don't, no need to press the panic button yet. I know the last couple days have been kind of a punch in the face, but no need to panic yet if you're a Mets fan. We will see you guys on Thursday for the next episode of Raise the Apple. Make sure you subscribe down below. Make sure you follow on Twitter at RT underscore pod. And we will see you guys next time. Let's go Mets. Bang, bang, won't stop till we're legend.